It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And it is Carcon Carne, out of the car. We're today visiting Few Spirits. We're with Few Founder, Head Distiller, Master Distiller. Head Distiller isn't honorable enough. Master Distiller, Paul Holetko. Uh, returning guest on the show. Since COVID is lifting, I wanted to come here in person. Paul was on Carcon Carne before, but I only saw him through a computer monitor. I wanted to be here at Ground Zero. Uh, really, some of the best whiskey you will ever put your lips on. This man makes it right here in Evanston. Paul, we, this location, I think, lends itself to the vibe, the aesthetic, the mystique of few. It's like a speakeasy. You gotta enter through the alley, and there's no way of knowing this place even exists if you're going down Chicago Avenue in Evanston. That's good. I'm glad you're here, though, but it's certainly part of it, right? You know, you going into a distillery, and it kind of feels like you're, you're trying to find it, but you don't know where it is, and it's unmarked, and there's no signs, and you gotta walk down an alley. And there's a train going by, so you get all the you know, the weird like rackety 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 uh -huh. rackety. Um, that's that's authentic CTA noise. Yeah, it's yeah. Real, but we're right by the train. Yeah, I mean, I, can can your distiller do that? Real CTA noise. <laughs> it's authentic CTA. Uh -huh. If you can't hear it, you live too far away. That's right. As we all know. Uh huh. Um, but it's part of like you feel like, am I really supposed to be here? Is this something I'm supposed to be doing? But you walk by the dumpsters and you walk. Well, you in feel like you're committed. Like I'm here to drink. I, and like, I, once you find it, you're one of the few that knows where it is. It's like a quest. This is like a video game. This is, I, I'm at the end of my quest. Here I am. Oh my gosh, it's Utopia. I just, just don't kill the boss. This is not a boss battle. Right, exactly. <laughs> is this right? Is this the 10 year anniversary of we're, you? Yeah, we are. We'll be distilling now for well over 10 years, but we're coming up on our 10th anniversary in about eight weeks or so. Did you, Paul Holetko, 10 years ago, conceive of this? Did you think that this would be where you'd be in 2021? No, I mean, we hit our 10-year sales goal in our fifth year. We hit our, it's just, we've been very much off to the races ever since we started. Um, people are really, you know, once people find out about us and they start trying it and they engage, uh, people become fans. Once you get exposed, you see the brand, you learn about it, and then you, when you taste the product, it's, people fall in love. Mm -hmm. And it's great, you know, certain people fall in love, other people fall, shall I say, not so much in love. But that's also kind of the thing is that, you know, not everybody's going to like it. We only need a few to like it. You know, there's a lot in common with music, right? You know, not every band mm -hmm. is loved by every person. Every person's not going to love every whiskey. See, and you, saying music, I, I think about this a lot. I think independent distillers, independent brewers have so much in common, a kindred spirit of sorts with independent musicians. I mean, it's the same hustle. It's, and for the, the consumers, it's that same pride of ownership. Like, I discovered this. It's this, you know, distillers, brewers, guitarists, drummers, everybody has this compulsion to create and to express their art. And some people do it with music, some people do it with paint, some people do it with cooking. I'm not so good at any of those things, but what I am good at is making whiskey. And so, you know, I'm a really lucky guy that I've been able to find something that I'm good at and I can express this creative compulsion uh, in a way that other people really like. And it's, 
it's magic, and I'm the luckiest guy in the world because I get to do this. You mentioned hitting your sales goals five years ago, five years into this. What's more important to you, hitting those sales goals or all the awards that Few has accumulated through the years, the fandemonium around Few? Yeah, we've certainly won more than our fair share of awards, but awards don't motivate me, and quite frankly, sales don't really motivate me either. Um, sales are really just kind of the way that you can keep on making more whiskey. There it is. Um, you know, the stuff that I really want to do is play around and create and make. So, I mean, one of the weird things about liquor is all of your recipes have to get approved by the federal government. So today I was screwing around, I had five good ideas for a recipe, so I filed five recipes to get approved by the feds. Maybe they'll approve them, maybe they won't, but you get, you get these ideas and these, like, oh, that'd be really fun. I can't, I can't imagine how much red tape is involved with that. Oh yeah. The, the second you, you bring the government into the equation, that's got to be a project management nightmare. It's unfortunate, but it's just kind of, you know, you get used to it. Mm -hmm. And you know, so I had the idea today, uh, in the event it hits the market, maybe it'll hit the market in 2027. Um, that's some long-range forecasting. <laughs> that's just the nature of the whiskey business. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you just, you learn it and you deal with it and you really have to grasp it and embrace it because you know, like, you know, I think we've talked about before, like I'm a musician too and I like to play, I'm just not very good. But here at Few, we really try to take that jam band approach to making whiskey where we'll make stuff and we're not afraid to fail doing it. That's and the creative process. It's the creative process. Like we've, you know, I just broke out a box of stuff that will never see commercial release. Okay, let's talk about that because <laughs> before like, we, we filmed, you make it. We were going through your stuff basically and you have this box with like broken bottles, uh, nondescript bottles, unlabeled bottles. This is like your 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 secret toy chest. Your exactly, but it's the same thing as like you go to a, you go you find the guys got all the old four tracks of their song fragments mm -hmm. and you know you go and you find the sketch drawings of the graphic artist. Mm -hmm. These are the drafts that we do. You have an idea, you play around with it. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But we're not afraid to fail. And good artists aren't. And good podcast hosts, you're not afraid to fail. Not afraid. Um, hopefully you don't fail all that often, but you take risks and that's when you find the magic. Tell me about taking a risk and having it totally hit. Like something you did where you thought, I don't know if this will work and then it just happened. <laughs> um, I think our number one gift on the cold cut bourbon. Um, spent years trying to figure out a way to mix coffee and whiskey in a way that was cool and interesting and different. And I was going to get excited by, and you know, people were going to get excited by. And we did a couple of different iterations of different stuff, working with coffee and spirit. And then all of a sudden, like, it's really a relatively simple idea. Like, oh, that's, that's a terrible idea. I'll try it. Like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, it's a showstopper. I really like this. Yeah. This is killer stuff. It's a simple idea. I haven't seen it before, but it works. Um, you know, other stuff we've done has been kind of started off as what something we thought was funny and a joke. Um, like our breakfast gin product started off as a joke. Haha, -ha, breakfast gin. No one's ever thought of that before. So we made a breakfast trip. Actually, the guys shooting this video have thought of that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And congratulations. <laughs> but, I, well, well, breakfast trip, ha, ha, ha. Wait, wait a second. What is a breakfast trip? What does it mean for a gin to be a breakfast gin? 
I, I, know, I know these are rhetorical questions, but what does it mean for a gin to be a breakfast gin? I is it, don't really know. But is we, it more junipery? So we dialed back on the juniper and we brought in a tea. Um, so we use Earl Grey tea in it, uh, which our friends in, the, in England go, well, Earl Grey is an afternoon tea, not a breakfast tea. I, I only know of Earl Grey because of Captain Picard on Star Trek The Next Generation, so. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Well, the English, like, well, it's an afternoon tea, not a breakfast. So I'm like, well, it's tea's tea in America. But it's a really cool product. And what does it work? You know, what does it, what does it mean to be a breakfast gin? We played around with the concept. I ended up like, you know, 15 different iterations of what could a breakfast gin be? And we ended up with something that's a gin that goes great with pancakes. At last. <laughs> At last. At last. You solved a problem people didn't know they had. Right, and it says so right there in the bottle. Breakfast gin. It gives you permission to drink Sunday mornings. Thank you, Paul Holetko, for giving us permission. <laughs> so we got the tour uh, before we started talking. Explain what we saw. There are four giant stills, is it, that we're looking at? It looks like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory crossed with something out of steampunk 1890s literature. Yeah, so that's actually the last step. The first step is you just cook it. It's this big stainless steel, it's basically the same thing as a pot you'd have on your own stove. Uh, but this one holds over 900 gallons of liquid and your stove doesn't. Uh, and there's where we mash. And so there you cook the grain to break it down into starches uh, and add malted barley to make the starches into sugars. Uh, then you move it into the fermenters uh, with yeast. And those are the big steel things that mm -hmm. you saw. And that's where the yeast are gonna convert all those sugars into alcohol. And then once it goes into the stills, that's where we're gonna you know, separate that alcohol from the water and grain and turn it into a spirit. That's where we distill inside the stills. Uh, See, this is where you get excited when you start talking about the stuff. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. And so it's a relatively simple thing. You know, we, we cook grain and then we boil it and collect the vapors and cool down the vapors. The science is not very hard. Now, the, the, the aging of whiskey, that's not really a thing that you get into, discuss with your whiskeys. Well, we, we discuss it. We don't age state. Uh, but we're, we're happy to talk about aging. You know, we put everything in full-size barrels. We age it for relatively long periods of time, at least for craft spirits. Uh, but we age everything until it tastes. And we do the really hard, the really hard work of opening up the barrel and tasting it to see <laughs> if it's ready or not. CTA. CTA. You can't hear. You're too this far. This is real. If you can't hear, <laughs> you're too far. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the design, the design aesthetic, because. Mm -hmm. um, one of our crew here today, Zach, I mean, it was one of the first things he said. I think it's probably one of the first things a lot of people say about Few is just how fucking cool your labels are, how cool the bottles look. Like, you almost feel guilty opening a bottle up because it looks so awesome on the well, shelf. Don't feel guilty. <laughs> we'll make more. Thank you. Um, but the bottles matter, right? The visual impression yes. is important, especially on a product like this. Um, so all of our products, you know, it's a square bottle. It looks classic. Uh, feels good. Uh, you pick it up and it feels like a really nice bottle of whiskey. It feels substantial. It feels substantial. Mm -hmm. uh, all the iconography is the 1893 World's Fair here in Chicago. So it's our way of saying Chicago without actually using the word Chicago. Mm -hmm. But people recognize the Statue of the Public. Absolutely. People recognize it's not actually Buckingham Fountain, it's the world's first electric water fountain. Uh, people recognize this as the World's Fair and it's a little bit of hometown pride. Like, you know, we're proud of being from Chicagoland. We're proud of being from Evanston. We're proud of being Chicago's number one spirit. And we, just, we, wear, the, you know, we wear it right on our sleeve, but we don't 
you know, we're not out there shouting it. It's like, hey, if you got it, you got it. If you don't, it's all right. Um, yeah, I had a discussion with an importer in England several years ago. He's like, well, nobody in London's going to care about the World's Fair in Chicago. And I said, yeah, but does the bottle look good? He's like, well, the bottle's great. <laughs> then who cares what exactly it is? Right. Exactly right. Uh, but it's all stuff you would have seen. You've got a little ticket on the side. If you wanted to go to the fair, you had to buy a ticket. You want to drink a bottle? Here's your ticket right here. Uh, it's all here. 93 proof for the 1893 World's Fair. There's that consistent marketing vision right there. Um, it's all part of, it's all kit and caboodle of the same thing. And it's all, it's who we are. Um, obviously, uh, the World's Fair is where uh, uh, bicycle playing cards were a exhibitor there. And yeah, it, the, the look of everything Few does, the, the vision is, is so consistent and so good. Even these little petite bottles. Isn't that fun? They're adorable. They're adorable and, and easy to crotch. Exactly. If you're going it's to the park. in your back yeah. pocket for your flask. <laughs> I'm glad you got not it. Not that yeah. I know. Right. Not that I know. Certainly not not that I would judge anybody that does. Certainly, uh, certainly it is glass, so it can go through uh, certainly several places uh, that may not want uh, metal cans coming in, like exactly. football or baseball games. Exactly right. Not that I would have any idea. But uh, I've heard tell. As we talk about your whiskey and gin products, you are very local focused as far as sourcing ingredients. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, all of our grain comes to us as close to home as we can get it. Uh, our American gin uses Cascade hops. Uh, we actually grow the hops uh, about 15 feet from where we're sitting right here. Oh, for real? Yeah. Like we can walk outside and see hops? Yeah. Oh, that's I mean, cool. The cones haven't come in yet this year. The cones will come in in August, but uh, they're growing right there. That's cool. Um, everything's as close to home as we can get. The water comes from Lake Michigan. Um, Unfiltered. Well, we, we clean it up, um, but it's really good water. Why would we? You know, we don't need to bring water from anywhere right. else. We'll get great water half mile away. Right. Um, it's part of who we are. It's like we get everything from here. We're in the grain belt of the world. Why would we go somewhere exactly else? Exactly right. Exactly right. So we're recording this video, this audio interview, in early June. We're sitting in the public space where people can come in and sample. Are we close to reopening here? Yes. Uh, my person who will be reopening tours and everything here starts on Monday. And I couldn't be more excited. We'll be doing events. We're going to be doing concerts. We're going to be doing food trucks. We're going to be doing... You're saying all the words classes. I love. Uh, music, art. Uh, the person who's starting runs a uh, wrestling league. And so I think we're going to do wrestling matches out in the alley. Uh, a group called Butch V. Gore. They do, uh, I think it's primarily focused on uh, uh, lesbians um, and lesbian wrestling. Not like mud wrestling, it's not yeah, no, or anything, right. but um, I, I just couldn't be more excited that we're going to have some really cool stuff happening. Oh, that's here. awesome. And I've got to think, you know, after being away for as long as we all were, like just being able to see people respond, to pour them a, a, a snifter of cold cuts and, and see the response on their face, like, that you miss that. It's magic, and that's what whiskey is all about, is that it brings people together. You know, you're there It is. For it that. is a very social spirit. It's a social spirit. You don't drink it by yourself. I mean, you certainly can. I'm not going to judge you, but, you know, this stuff is best consumed with friends and family. It's like music and food, and it nourishes the soul to be able to enjoy these products together with your friends and family. And not to bring up the past, but, I mean, it's been... 
well over a year since people have been out and being social yeah. and being part of a crowd that is, you know, that's its own experience is having the well, it's same a, experience it's, going to concerts and seeing things. It's and, finding your tribe, right? I mean, this is, when you're here, you're sampling whiskey and, and gin, you're with your tribe. You're, mm -hmm. with, you're with people who are all here for the same reason, the same purpose, the same unifying sense, no different from going to a concert, going to a wrestling match or whatever. It, it's bringing people together. And I think that's one of the big things that we've all lost. Mm -hmm. And Zoom just doesn't cut it. I can't delete that application from my desktop soon enough. Right, I mean, it's great for what it is, but it's a pale substitute for sitting down this, with a friend this. and hearing the sounds and seeing the sights and smelling the smells. Um, you can't replace that. So you are at 918 Chicago Avenue. If you're trying to get here, uh, go to that address and walk west. Um, yeah, just right down the alley. You'll, you'll find it. Stuff on the way, lots of events. People can come here. They can take tours. That's awesome. Any other secret plans or things coming up? Yeah, we've got several things coming out. We've got our 10th anniversary whiskey coming out this fall. Uh, we've got our first bottled and bond or first labeled bottled and bond whiskeys coming out this fall. Uh, and then we're really excited about a rock band collaboration, obviously. Uh, you're, you're known for that stuff. Yeah, it's kind of Alice in Chains, Flaming Lips. Yeah, we're with Alice in Chains, we're with Flaming Lips, and we've got a collaboration coming out with uh, Black Little Motorcycle Club. Probably in, probably in March. And then uh, everybody here in Chicagoland uh, coming out next summer, we've got a collaboration with everybody's favorite in uh, case to meet King. I know that uh, guy. I'm so glad you're putting him to work. The last time I talked to him, he had nothing going on. I, I feel like he needs he needs some activity. He needs some structure. It's in his been good. We've had some fun with him, and uh, you can't go sit in the bleachers every day at the Cubbies. Right. And so thank you for you bringing structure to Doug Stone's life. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, I, I love it here, and I'm so glad that things are opening back up here. Um, we could literally spend the night here happily, and we might. Yeah, I'll lock you in. There's plenty of booze. Founder, master <laughs> distiller, Paul Holetko. We are at Few Distillery. Uh, this place is magical. Please come here.